Greetings, this is Bill Woods up here in Sun Valley, Arizona, and I just uh, well, I hope you're having a good day and uh, things are going well. I want to talk today about endurance. In James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You know, sometimes when things get a little hard, we want to throw our hands up and just quit. Maybe sometimes, you know, we just want to throw a fit and make other people suffer because we're mad and we feel like we're suffering. I remember when I was in Arlington, Oregon, there was a lady by the name of Nancy Davidson who her husband worked with me down at the grain elevator and sometimes we had to put in long hours and work overtime and if he didn't get home before she thought it was time for his supper, she would throw the garbage supper in the garbage if he was late. You know, if we sometimes have problems, we want to take it out on something that can't defend itself. I one time saw a man with a stalled car down on I-17 in Phoenix. He was down at the uh, cactus uh, entryway to the, the freeway, and his car stopped, and he got out, and he took a baseball bat, and he bashed all the windshield and all the windows in, in a fit that he was throwing about the car not starting or not going. I remember one time when I, I was uh, lost it. I'm not proud of this, but I remember when I, I lost it one time. We were living in Grand Coulee, Washington, and as I've told you before, the parsonage was a place that I wouldn't use to raise chickens in. The stairs to the basement had collapsed. It was full of bugs and termites. And the only way to my downstairs office was through the front basement window. Well, Tammy was only six weeks old and very, very sick. I had taken Marty and her and Tammy to the Holy Family Hospital in Spokane, Washington, which was 90 miles away. Uh, Tammy was born on March 5th, and now it was Easter, April 14th weekend. And she was very tiny, and she was losing weight. The doctors and the nurses had no idea what her problem was, but they said it could be very, very serious and life-threatening. I remember that I made arrangements for Marty to stay with the Nazarene pastor there at Shadle Park Church, the Nazarene. And I had to head back to Grand Coulee for the Easter services. We had no money. I had a flat tire on the way back to Grand Coulee, and I all I had for a spare was probably worse than the tire that went flat, and I was scared to death for my family. I didn't know what was happening, what was going to happen, and, and it just, you know, I was under a lot of stress. I arrived at the parsonage. It was Saturday afternoon, the day before Easter. I crawled down through the front basement window to work on my bulletin and my makeshift office down there. I had an old Gestetner mimeograph machine that decided that day not to work. My nerves were on edge and that stupid machine picked the wrong day to be cute. After running at least 10 typed mimeograph printing films, remember you used to have to type on a, a film-like thing that would pick up the print when it let the ink go through when it was on the mimeograph drum. Well anyhow, I had typed about 10 of these and, and it kept destroying them. I had lost and destroyed about 40 bulletin blanks and the spreading mimeograph ink was all over me, 
on the floor and all over the room, and I lost my cool. I was at my wit's end, and I just didn't know how I was going to do anything. I picked that stupid machine up off the table, and I smashed it to the floor. Now, I wasn't proud of what I'd done, so I asked God to forgive me for throwing a fit of anger. I picked the machine up. I put it back on the table. I tried the mimeograph one more time, and to my surprise, it worked. I don't suggest throwing fits, but I found through that experience that God will help us pick up the pieces, and we can learn endurance when we're tested. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, Dear brothers and sisters, Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. James doesn't say if trouble comes your way, but when it does. He assumes you'll have troubles, but, but it's possible to profit from them. The point isn't to pretend to be happy when you face pain, but to trust God and keep a positive outlook. He's not saying... Get all giddy because you're having a hard time. People will think you're sick if you do that. But let it be an opportunity for joy because of what troubles can produce in your life. James says to turn your hardships into learning opportunities. Tough times can teach us perseverance or endurance. James 1.4 says, So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, You'll be strong in character and ready for anything. You know, we spend too much time and energy trying to avoid trials. We should thank God for them. You know, don't go out of your way looking for trials because they'll find you. But adversity helps us develop endurance, and that's a powerful weapon to have in our character arsenal. You can't really know the depth of your character until you know how you react under pressure. It's easy to be kind when everything's going well, but can you still be kind and pleasant when others treat you unfairly? God wants to make you mature and complete, not to keep you from all pain. You know, I, I've heard people say, well, God wants me happy. In fact, I knew a pastor one time that was out of step with God. He was getting ready to leave his family, his wife, his two kids. And I talked to him. I said, why are you doing this? He says, God wants me happy. You know that the lady that I married, all she does is nag at me, and God wants me to be happy. Well, really, God wants you to be obedient. God wants you to be victorious because you're living for him. God wants you to be holy. He's more interested in that than your happiness. So instead of complaining about your struggles, use them as opportunities for growth. My dad had a friend uh, that uh, moved from Walla Walla, Washington over to Silo, Washington, where he uh, bought an apple orchard. And uh, I remember him talking one day, he said, my crops are especially vulnerable. Even a short drought could have a devastating effect. And I asked why. Well, he explained that frequent rains are a benefit to young trees because during that time when they're developing, Plants don't have to push their roots deeper into the ground in search of water. The roots remain near the surface. A drought would find the plants unprepared and would quickly kill them. A heavy wind would knock them over because they're not anchored. 
Some Christians receive abundant rains of worship, fellowship, and teaching, and yet when stress comes, they go to pieces. They abandon God or they accuse God of being unfaithful. Their roots have never pushed much below the surface. It's kind of like what Jesus said in Matthew 13, 5 and 6. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. You know, only roots grow deep into God. Only roots that are grown deep into God can endure times of drought in our lives. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Well, thank God for his promise to be with you in rough times. Ask him to help you solve your problems or, or give you strength to endure your problems. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so as to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger that from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Be patient. God won't leave you alone with your problems. He'll stay close and he'll help you grow. You know, Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. But remember, it's God's way out. You follow him. You, dis you obey him and do what he wants you to do. The now generation gives up too easily because they want instant gratification. They quit jobs when things get a, a little bit difficult. They quit educational programs. They break off relationships and spiritual quests prematurely because of a little opposition. We become a nation of weak-willed people because we don't understand endurance. The nation's in trouble because we've developed wimps instead of red-blooded Americans. You know, most don't want to think about failure anymore. They can't cope with it. Scripture warns us not to live in the past, but occasionally there can be some positive benefits when we consider the high cost of quitting, how we need to hang on and endure. Some people live with scars and emotions because they couldn't endure, and quit something or someone before they should. And then they ask, well, why did I cave in so easily? The obvious answer is it's easier to quit than to endure. It's easier to go out and play than to practice the scales. It's easier to watch TV after work than to take night classes. It's easier to walk out of the room during a conflict rather than get through it. It's easier to read the paper and drink coffee than it is to go to church on Sunday morning. It's easier to do what you want with your life uh, than to kneel before God and give the controls to Him and wait patiently, expectantly, and sometimes agonizingly 
for him to lead you. It's easier to quit following Jesus than to go through the painful process of daily surrender. It's always easier to quit than to endure. I heard about a man who was drafted into the army. He developed a very strange habit. As he walked along each day, he kept picking up pieces of paper, saying to himself aloud, that's not it. He'd pick up one piece of paper after another and say, that's not it. That's not it. This went on for six months. His weird behavior caught the attention of his superiors, and they ordered him to report to the base psychiatrist. The psychiatrist asked, what's wrong with you? What's your problem? The soldier looked baffled and said, what problem? I don't have a problem. The psychiatrist said, well, something's wrong with you. The report says you keep going all over, picking up pieces of paper and saying, that's not it, that's not it. So tell me, just what is it you're looking for? The soldier said, I don't know. I just don't seem to be able to find it. The psychiatrist talked to, uh, to some of his colleagues and, and then told the man, I think your problem is serious. and I'm going to give you a medical discharge from the army. When the psychiatrist handed him the discharge papers, the man jumped up and down and shouted excitedly, this is it, this is it, this is what I've been looking for. You know, there are benefits when we endure. James chapter 1 verse 12 said, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, but once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. A soldier of the army of the Potomac uh, who fought in the Battle of Gettysburg belonged to the 6th Corps that made the famous march from Manchester to Gettysburg, a distance of 34 miles. He said that march with the clouds of dust and the perspiration, the blood of the chaff lips, or limbs, excuse me, trickling into his boots was the hardest experience of his whole life. He said that it's sometimes harder to march than to fight. The test of endurance is a long march. As a Christian, you've, you've uh, set out on a long march. You'll, you'll meet many who have gone part way and then turned back and just quit. You'll see those around you who are ready to quit and go back if you go with them. Thank God there are those who keep going forward with no thought but enduring to the end. Matthew 10:22 says, He that endureth to the end shall be saved. You know, the Greeks had a unique race in their Olympic Games. The winner wasn't the runner who finished first. It was the runner who finished with his torch still lit. I want to run all the way with the flame of my torch still lit for Jesus Christ. You know, the testimony of one who quit in 2 Timothy 4.10, it says Paul was writing for Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. What a shame, because Demas was with Paul in Colossae. And in Colossians 4.14, Luke says, the beloved or Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings, and so does Demas. And so... Demas was there. He could have been the support that Paul needed, but instead things got a little hard and he just quit. There's a story from the days of the great western cattle drives. There had been a cattle drive and most of the cows went peaceably with their herd, not so 
with one big old mossy horned steer. He was always going over the hill, running against the herd, trying to recruit other rebel cattle to join him. This steer would charge at the horses and the riders. He wouldn't cooperate no matter what. Finally, the herd reached the ranch, but old Mossy Horn couldn't settle down. He was dangerous. The foreman didn't know what to do with this big obstinate animal and was tempted to make sirloin steaks out of him. One of the older cowboys said, well, let me handle him. He found a little burl and uh, yoked it up to that steer. Bucking and raging, convulsing like drug, drunken sailors, the two were turned loose and Laurel, like Laurel and Hardy to proceed out onto the desert range. The cowboys watched them disappear over the horizon, the steer dragging that poor little burrow along, throwing him about like a bag of cream puffs. They were gone for days, but finally came back. The little burrow was trotting back across the horizon, leaving the submissive steer in tow. Somewhere out on the prairie, the steer became exhausted from trying to get rid of the burrow. At that moment, the burrow took master, uh, mastery, became the master, and, and became the leader. That's the way it is with God and the kingdom of God and God's heroes. The battle is when you not by the out are not by excuse me. Let's start this. The battle is won not by the outraged, but by those who are committed to see it through. Maybe you've been fighting a battle and you're discouraged and you're about to give up. Well, don't. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Hang in there. Trust the Lord. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3a says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not uh, drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Remember the story of the ugly duckling? It was a little duck, uh, well, he thought he was a duck that was hatched out with a bunch of the other ducks. And he went through stress and hardship and wasn't welcome to the other ducklings. They made fun of him and they wouldn't let him play with, uh, with the little duck games and stuff. But he grew up and lo and behold, he wasn't a duck at all. He became a beautiful swan. Well, God is making something beautiful out of you. Cooperate with him. Don't give up. Revelation 
2.10 says, Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You'll suffer for 10, 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. And people, we're living in a very difficult day right now. And it seems like our politics are going the direction that Christians are going to be persecuted more and more. But I want you to know, no matter what happens, if you are persecuted for Jesus Christ, you'll get take the strength to live for him. Because if you endure for a while, the award or the reward that you'll get at the end of life is worth so much more than what you have to go through. I don't know what lies ahead. I do know that the things that are being fulfilled, uh, fulfill prophecy that was told way back 2,000 years ago. And I do believe there are some difficult days coming for Christians. But I do believe, too, that you need to put your faith in Jesus Christ, keep your eyes on the goal, and live for Christ like Jesus wants you to. Let's pray for you. Dear Father, we pray that you help each one of us, that we can draw close to you, that we can be faithful, that if stress or, or hard times come, we don't just buckle under. But Lord, we, we are able to make you pleased because of the fact we will stand strong and true for Jesus Christ. We know whatever we have to face now really will be nothing compared to the joy that we will have as we live throughout all eternity with you. And Lord, if there's somebody going through a real hard time right now, give them strength. Help them to realize that you're right there and help them to realize that if they'll be faithful to you, you will be faithful to them. You promise never to leave them or forsake them. And as their day, so shall their strength. But you didn't say you'd keep us from having hard times, but you said you would give us strength to get through them. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, I'm working on starting a website, and uh, I will keep sending these out the way I've been doing to those who need it. But when the website gets developed, probably be several weeks down the way, I will give you that website and then these podcasts will be on that website too. I, I, I am struggling. I'm learning about what I'm preaching about, struggling, trying to get these, this website put together. But God is faithful and I know we'll get it done. And I would just encourage you, if you want to, ask for special prayer, or if you want to ask questions about anything, contact me through the web, the, through my email, lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com, or write me a note and send it by way of the Sun Valley Post Office, Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona. Uh, I know... 86029, I think is what it was. I went blank for a minute. Yes, it was uh, 86029. Thank you. Sorry to have had a senior moment there. God bless you. We'll talk to you later, and we'll just keep praying that you'll keep the upper look and stand strong and true for Jesus Christ. Goodbye.